Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Citizens of Perfectville, we are back and better than ever. A new web interface for the rest of the NBA season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all of the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right, 50 Just use the promo code BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the rest of the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Speaking of starts, let's get to the show, shall we? In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your four-game winning streak, Miami Dolphins, part of the Believe Podcast Network, and presented by BetOnline.ag. I am Sam Marcou, and he is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer. Of course, I'm talking about none other than the good doctor himself, Dr. Christopher Colon. Doctor, how in the hell are you, my friend? Hey, honey. You think KFC's still open? I'm going to quote Frank the Tank for every win on this current streak because we started it with the frank the tank uh, a couple weeks ago we're going streaking famously from old the movie old school um i'm, I'm doing it sam I'm, I'm a man of bets obviously because i just had to change my, my my twitter profile picture thank god that week's over thank god we didn't do longer but man i'm doing fantastic like i said we're on a streak we just kicked the shit out of the carolina panthers sam I mean, I, I asked for it. I begged for it. I live here in Charlotte. I needed it. I started my team call on Monday morning, like wearing just decked out dolphin shit. And my boss said, go ahead, have the floor to start the call. because Just get it over with because all the Panther fans are depressed. And of course, I started it with how the Panthers do it. Did they have a game yesterday? Uh, which, you know, pissed everybody off, which was great. I need that. Thank you, Miami Dolphins. Well, there you go. Four games in a row, and you're welcome, citizens of Perfectville and Dolphins everywhere. A couple things that I should point out here. Uh, first of all, we have a very special guest uh, in segment number two here, the NFL Fan of the Year for the Miami Dolphins here in 2021, talking about Mark Angelo, a.k.a. NorCal Dolphin, good friend of mine. Uh, we're going to talk all things uh, that he's up to. Him and Chris, I think I think you guys are, are, are probably in for a little bit of a battle. There might be a little bit of a fan beef here between Chris and Mark. We'll figure that out here in just a little bit. But uh, we got that coming up. And uh, we also have the New York Giants coming up. So we got a four-game win streak, and we have the New York Giants coming to town. Uh, Chris has been a very good boy this year because he's getting all kinds of wins for Christmas, including that one against the Carolina Panthers. And that's where I wanted to head to next, Chris. I have not watched one live game of this winning streak. Four games in a row of Sam Marcou not watching the live broadcast or being at the Miami Dolphins football game. So I'm a little torn here, Chris. I'm actually supposed to watch the game this Sunday with NorCal Dolphin at a Miami Dolphins bar here in Northern California. I don't know if he's going to allow me to be there. I don't know if the fans are going to want me to be there. If we start to struggle against the Giants, and we'll talk about that in segment number three, 
I may be booted right out of the bar there, Chris. I'm not quite sure. But uh, until that happens, let's enjoy and focus the fact that the Miami Dolphins have won four in a row. And during that winning streak, uh, really two impressive wins that I don't think people had marked as a W for us. Once against the Baltimore Ravens, where the defense showed up, balled out, and made Lamar Jackson look like a regular person as opposed to an MVP candidate. And this game against the Carolina Panthers, not because of the offense, although they do have weapons on offense, but because the Carolina Panthers' defense is one of the best in the league and the Miami Dolphins offense not only showed up, but they balled out and beat a team handily. This was probably the most definitive win that the Miami Dolphins have had all season long. And it came against a very good defense here, Chris, and against a team that you hate more than any other, most likely the Carolina Panthers. What can you say about this defense? What can you say about this offense? Where do we start? Miami Dolphins just riding the hot hand right now. Yeah, I'll start on defense because even the 10 points was a mirage. It was an absolute ridiculous call at the end of the first half where they uh, Matt Rule yelled at the referees and they gave them an extra second without reviewing it or anything and let them kick a field goal. So honestly, it was 33-7. to seven. Um, I've said before on the show, 33 is my favorite number. It's the number I wore playing football. It's the number Zach wears playing football. Um, so scoring 33 on the Panthers and doing what we did, uh, the defense was just lights out. I mean, getting pressure on Cam Newton, constantly hitting him. Um, interceptions by a rookie, Javon Holland, Xavier Howard, um, just made him look human other than one big throw where, you know, that's the risky take on a zero blitz. Um, he was, he was absolutely garbage and trash to the point where he was benched for XFL superstar PJ Walker, who came in and just consequently got sacked and threw an interception as well. I mean, just absolute, just shit housing. Killed them, gave the home crowd something to cheer for. A lot of our uh, fans on Twitter uh, go to the games, and one one of the fans in particular said Cam Newton did the airplane jet around the entire field before the game. It was completely cocky as shit, and it was fantastic to ruin his entire next two weeks because they have a bye week, and they have to sit in that and, and, and think about that uh, over and over. Oh, you're absolutely right. Let's just stick with that defense. Javon Holland has, has already, I think, solidified himself as – somebody who is a steal with a high second round draft pick. This guy should have gone in the first round. And a lot of people said that prior to the draft and then after the draft, but I'm fully on board at this point. And I also have to say this because I did, I've given this guy crap even as a rookie early in his rookie career, but Jalen Phillips has come to play over the last several weeks. I think he had what three sacks in this game. He's got, I don't even know how many eight on the season at this point, something along those lines. Uh, Jalen Phillips has solidified himself as a stalwart on this defense already. And then, of course, Jalen Waddle, if we want to flip to the offensive side of the ball, nine catches, 136 yards, a touchdown, Waddle and all over the end zone. Uh, the rookies in the 2021 class here, Chris, have really come to play, especially on the top end of that draft, those top three picks. And if you can hit on your top end draft picks, man, it makes your team that much better. And all three of those rookies are contributing and actually making this team better. So hats off. We've given him a lot of crap, but hats off to Chris Greer. He seems like he may have uh, nailed the, first, the, the the 2021 draft, especially on the high end of everything. Yeah, a lot of people talked about Brian Flores' excitement about getting Jalen Phillips in the draft, and he was like literally nervous <clears throat> that he was going to get picked before our, our, our draft pick came up. And then, of course, how quickly we ran up and turned the card in for Javon Holland. Um, the, the coaches, the the scouting department, Chris Greer, uh, get a lot of shit, diver- deservedly so. But, man, they have absolutely nailed these three. Jalen Waddell is an absolute weapon, and he's the massive talk of all the national media this week, which is fantastic for his Waddle dance, which was great. 
Um, we're just clicking on all cylinders, man. Like Jalen Waddle and coming into this game, other than Gisecki, like was really our only main threat to, you know, you had to cover every play and they couldn't cover them. They could not cover them. And this was the number one pass defense in the NFL. And there's a name that I hear all the time around the Charlotte area here. And he is a great player, Jeremy Chen. I didn't hear his name once in this game. Like we just absolutely completely dismantled this defense. Tua was completely efficient, hitting Waddle and stride on a long run, hitting him on a third and um, 18 or 12 or 11, third and 11. And we got 25 on a, on just a basic slant to Waddle. The, the, the dangers that he, he provides with his speed and his yard after catch. Um, he, I mean, he's on pace to break rookie records and stuff, Sam. I mean, and this is playing five games with uh, Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. Two is completely efficient. Our rookies are looking fantastic. And I cannot say enough about Jalen Phillips. I had a Giants fan, fan friend here actually watching the game who's kind of into football, but not big time. And he goes, dude, who is 15? His motor is nonstop. I'm like, yeah, that's Jalen Phillips from the U. He's going to be a problem for offenses for many, many years. Yeah, a couple of things. Speaking of that problem, and you're absolutely right. I, like I said, I had to reverse course on him because early in the season, I was calling him out after like two games of his rookie campaign going, where are you at, Jalen? Uh, these are things that I did not know, Chris, but until recently, the Miami Dolphins are top 10 in the league in quarterback sacks. They were number 10. I did not know that up until uh, really earlier today. We're actually first in QB hits. So one of the big issues the Miami Dolphins defense had last year was the fact that they had a lack of a pass rush outside of Emmanuel Ogba. Now, we're still blitzing a lot. We're blitzing probably more than any other team in the league. But the difference is we now have another guy in Jalen Phillips, and we are being effective with those blitzes, especially recently here. Top 10 in quarterback sacks. I wouldn't have guessed that, but I looked it up, and that's absolutely true. And number one in QB hits, Chris. The Miami Dolphins have added that extra wrinkle to their defense where they can actually get pressure on the quarterback. And if you can get pressure on the quarterback, they throw the ball early, or they get sacked, or they fumble, or they throw interceptions. It disrupts the entire offensive game plan, and it doesn't matter who you are. We've proven that. Cam Newton's given us fits over the years was probably the most ineffective he's ever been in his career against this Miami Dolphins defense. Lamar Jackson always plays well against the Miami Dolphins looked very pedestrian against this Miami Dolphins defense. I am looking forward to what we're going to do with the giants and the jets and possibly even the saints after that, because the quarterback play for those three teams is not well right now. We may even be playing a backup this week. It's uh, it's incredible. The turnaround the Miami Dolphins defense has had in season because they look like a completely different team during this four game streak than what they were previous to that. It's, it's quite remarkable. Well, and it makes you upset um, the losing streak that pre preceded this because it's like you just pull out one the Raider and the Jags game, and all of a sudden we're like talking about winning the division, not just yeah. hoping to win four straight and luck into the wild card. So um, the AFC is insane this year. There's there's all these big teams ahead of us have to play each other. Some some of them multiple times with the Patriots and Bills who, who play on Monday. Um, anything can happen, Sam. And you know we'd have to just stop doing this under Brian Flores because if you look. Uh, his record, his three years as a coach, it's like you start off like one and five, you win like the last three, four straight. We started one and three, won like six straight. Like it just stops start, uh, starting slow. And, uh, you know, we win these games we're supposed to win. Jason Sanders having an offseason. He missed a, again. I think he missed an extra point on Sunday. Um, so uh, these things are starting to come together at the right time. It's just like we need to put it together for a whole full season. Um, and that's going to be the frustrating part if we get one game away or something like that. And the what if's going to come into play. And Brian Flores is right now starting to be known as the what if guy. But let's keep it positive. Four game win streak. We're beating not only teams we're supposed to beat teams. Like you said, 
We had no business beating on national TV. Who does that? We don't do that. And here we go lined up. You mentioned it. The Giants with a possible backup quarterback. Um, a, a, a bye week so we can rest. A very, very late bye week. Week 13, uh, 14 bye week where we can rest. We got the Jets who we beat in as a home game. And then Monday Night Football against the Saints who – Maybe Taysom uh, Hill, whatever the hell his name is, is playing quarterback, or um, you know Peyton Manning's adopted brother, uh, Trevor Simeon. So, uh, all, I mean, you're literally looking at an opportunity here to uh, be eight and seven leading into the Titans game with no Derrick Henry and a rematch with the New England Patriots. So, it, it, it's going to be an exciting end to. Uh, the 2021 season. Yeah, it really does have the potential to be a game or a season saving streak that you see right here. And you're right. We, we, we come out of the gates very, very poorly with these Brian Flores teams, which is almost the exact opposite of what we saw and were conditioned as doll fans for so many years is that we run the table in September, do very well in October, then stumble in the fall, November, December. We're kind of reversing that completely, which makes sense. Like we talked about last week on hates giving, we seem to reverse all these curses all this season long. Uh, we now reversed how the, the trends of how the Miami Dolphins win here. But we talked about the defense. We talked about the rookies. I want to talk about Tua Tungabailoa, Shocker, and the rookie Jalen Waddle. A couple things. Jalen Waddle is fifth in the league in receptions this year. And I want to repeat that. He's fifth in the league in receptions this year. We talked a lot about how Jalen Waddle, we traded up. We gave up a first-round draft pick to go get him. And all of a sudden, Jamar Chase is looking like Superman. And Devonta Smith is out there. And we should have gotten him at 12 and just stayed there and, and pocketed the extra draft pick. Jalen Waddell has more catches than both of those guys. He's got more catches than any other rookie that's out there. He's effective, like we talked about. I think he's about 60% of his receptions go for first downs. That's pretty damn good. Now, that's not tops in the league, but he's up there with everyone else. The only people that are like basically better than him right now in terms of receptions are like Cooper Cup, uh, Tyreek Hill, uh, Devontae Adams. You know, it, it's 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 a the best guys in the league. It's a who's who of wide receivers, Chris, and Jalen Waddle is right there with them. So I think we're doing just fine. And oh, oh, by the way, he's the only guy catching the ball. We're looking for him all the time. We've even come out and said Tua Tagovailoa has come out and quoted said, "I think everybody in the league knows who we're looking at on third down." Like we're telling everybody that's the guy we're throwing the ball to, and they're still not able to cover him adequately. I mean, we have Mike Kosicki, sure, and you know, Mac Hollins has done well in the absence of other wide receivers. And of course, we have Miles Gaskin in the running back position who can catch the ball and turn and run. But uh, it's just it's really Jalen Waddle in the wide receiver room, and that's it. And he's still catching these balls. He's got 77 on the season. He's gonna get over hundred on the year, assuming he doesn't get hurt, which I don't even know why I would introduce that poison. He's not gonna get hurt, he's gonna be just fine, ladies and gentlemen. But that alone, the other side of that is the guy throwing him the ball. So this game, Chris, against the Carolina Panthers was technically Tua Tungabailoa's 16th start in the league. Uh, just looking at his numbers here, now 16, which is your traditional full season long, 3,515 passing yards, 21 touchdowns versus 11 interceptions, 67% completion percentage, a passer rating of 90.5, and a record of 9-7. and seven. Now, those are a little bit skewed. There's a couple of games in there where he did not start, where or he did start and was knocked out early, so you still count that as part of his win-loss record. I get all that. There's a game in there where he started, and Ryan Fitzpatrick came in and actually won the game for us. So there's a little bit of skewing there that's going on. I get it. I understand it. But just looking at the raw numbers, 
Uh, I'm going to put him up against a guy who won Offensive Rookie of the Year in 2019, a guy Tua Tungabailoa knows well. He's beat him in college, and he beat him in the pros, Kyler Murray. Now, Kyler Murray, before his injury, was pretty much unanimously going to be the MVP of the league here in 2021. Here's Kyler Murray's stats in 2019, his first year, first 16 starts of his career. You ready for this? 3,722 yards, so a couple hundred extra yards passing than Tua Tungabailoa. 20 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. So one less touchdown, one more interception. Completion percentage of 64.4%. So that's about two and a half percentage points less than Tua Tungabailoa. Passer rating of 87.4. Tua's at 90.5. And a record. Here's the big one. A record of 5, 10, and 1 versus 9 and 7 for Tua Tungabailoa through their first 16 starts. One of these guys won the offensive rookie of the year. The other guy is supposedly the worst quarterback ever and a mistake for the Miami Dolphins to draft. In just about every statistical category, Tua Tungavailoa has performed or outperformed Kyler Murray. It's just, it, and and I, I think the debate is done. I mean, can we just say the debate is done? Tua Tungavailoa is a professional starting quarterback in the NFL, and he happens to play for the Miami Dolphins. We should all be excited about this. Oh, absolutely, dude. And here's the thing, like you said, he won rookie of the year. So that means they said he was the best offensive rookie of 32 teams and two has got better or comparable numbers. And it's like this narrative is unbelievable. And then you throw into the little fact that we had the worst offensive line in the league, have not played one game with Devontae Parker, Will Fuller and Waddle and Gusecki on the field at the same time. A subpar run game, although that might be changing. Philip Lindsay, he looked very good on Sunday, um, including that long pass to Waddle. Hell of a block. Picked up a block because Eichenberg is absolutely worthless and uh, whiffed. And Philip Lindsay had to do his job for him, um, but saved that play. And it ended up being a big one. Uh, he, he's playing lights out. And, and I agree with you, Sam. Like, we've always kind of been like these guys that are optimistic about Tannehill and, and, and Tua as well when he came in. He's efficient. He uh, gets the ball out of his hand quickly. Uh, finally, the national narrative, we've talked about this off air, is changing for the better. I, I watched the NFL Live segment yesterday. Dan Orlovsky is just raving about Tua, and Marcus Spears, of all people, is like talking about how this kid is fantastic and he's going to be great. We got to let these guys play and get reps. And he's absolutely right. And we're doing this against great defenses, the Ravens, the uh, the Ravens, the uh, the Panthers, uh, great defenses. And if it isn't for his defense giving up a long throw to Kyle Pitts, setting up a game-winning field goal, or the defense giving up a long throw to Derek Carr in, in overtime, or Jay Sanders missing field goals, he, he, he's he's eleven and five. He's twelve and four, and those are things he can't control. He's wearing a ball cap on the sidelines while it's happening. So Sam, yeah, agree with you, man. We got our quarterback now. Just build around him. We got the picks to do it. Yeah, that, uh, and maybe somebody can pick some other offensive lineman than Chris Greer because he doesn't seem to have a good track record there. Maybe we have somebody else take those picks. But uh, look, I think Brian Flores, Chris Greer, Tua Tungabailoa, it's a redemption song right now. All of them seem to be on the you know positive uptick right now versus the negative side. And again, when you're playing better and you're coaching better and you've obviously scouted better this year than in years past, the results are going to speak for themselves. And you're seeing a team that's now four wins in a row. You're seeing a team now that looks like very possibly at a minimum are going to be a 500 ball club this year. And that's exciting. It doesn't seem like it would be exciting before the season started, but considering where we were at one and seven and now at five and seven and, you know, slightly in the hunt for the playoff picture, we're a little bit too early for that talk right now. 
but we're, we're kind of right there, Chris. Uh, I'm excited about it. It's given us a renewed hope for the rest of the season that we may have the coach still. We may have the quarterback. We may have the infrastructure in place to build again on this season and move forward from here. You know, I, I, it, it seems like the mutual admiration society here, but uh, you mentioned Philip Lindsay and I just want last guy I want to talk about um, before I pose a question, but uh, I kind of laughed you, you and I chuckled at Philip Lindsay, like, yay, he joined the team. Good on him. We weren't, you know, we're kind of joking that we just keep picking up the, the scrap heap from the Houston Texans, but one game in, and I'm convinced that this guy's here next year as well. Like you said, he even came out and quoted and said, I'm not going to let my quarterback get hit. Now, if we can somehow take that mentality from Philip Lindsay, the running back and put it into the minds of our offensive linemen, who that is literally their job, I think we might have something here. Philip Lindsay looked like he was uh, running with confidence. He was blocking the hell out of people that were getting by those offensive linemen. He was productive. Uh, it's one game. You know, we got a bunch more to go here, but I actually like Philip Lindsay paired with Miles Gaskin. Now, it seems like a really nice one-two combo. Physically, they look a little different. They have some skill sets that overlap, but then they also have some things that Philip Lindsay does well that Miles doesn't, and Miles does well that Philip maybe doesn't do as well. I kind of like this dynamic, even one game in, Chris. Sam, I, I liked him watching him play. It was just, he ran hard. He made good moves, made good decisions, had good vision. Something that Gaskins is, <laughs> we just mentioned in the show, has like struggled with a bit. Or just doesn't have it. You can't coach vision. Um, but he, he, where he sold me, Sam, was that post game press conference. Yeah, listening to him say that about to his family's watching, my family's watching. I can't get embarrassed. And then actually, as fathers, both of us, um, when he said that he looked at his son and said, "I got traded. We're moving," and he was upset. He was really sad that he was going to a different team. Um, and he said, pretty much paraphrasing, "This is my. Sh- I got a shot to keep this my home for a while." So he can stay here. So he's going to play like a absolute monster dude. And you're going from the Texan who at first you'd be like, Oh wow. The Dolphins are much better. Yeah, we are now. Like we got this winning streak. You just contributed to the, to it uh, at a home game. What a way to come in. And I mean, for him to come on a trade, what a Wednesday and he was active Sunday. That's unbelievable. And Brian Flores came out today. I, I believe or yesterday at this press conference said, that we're going to have even more for him moving forward. Uh, on the team, I agree with you. Pairing with him and Gaskins can do some things. Gaskins can, you know, cause some damage. Philip can get us those, uh, you know, short yardage uh, bursts and runs and strong runs that just are de- uh, debilitating to a defense. Um, just, but that post screen press conference, Sam, uh, for him to open up like that and not just be like, glad to be here, can't wait to play, and really just like give us a glimpse of like that world of that fringe player that tra- changes teams and that mentality he's going to have now. Uh, of just not being paid and happy to be there. He wants to earn his keep and stay here for his son and for himself. It was, uh, I was like, dude, Phil Lindsay, I'm not buying a jersey yet, but I like the guy a lot. I want him to stay. Uh, Chris is a fan. I'm a fan. We're both fans of Philip Lindsay and we're a fan of this winning streak, but neither one of us are the NFL fan of the year. That belongs to Mark Angelo, aka NorCal Dolphin, and he's going to join us. In the next segment here on Welcome to Perfect Wheel, he's going to talk all about the process of being nominated as the NFL Fan of the Year. And uh, I got some questions for him. I'm going to keep this a secret from Chris, but I, I think there's a controversy brewing here. And uh, I'm just uh, I'm going to I'm going to create create a little bit of controversy here between the NFL Fan of the Year and the good doctor himself, Doctor Christopher Cullen. We'll be back with Mark Angelo right after these words. We often say welcome to Perfectville, but it's time for you to say goodbye to the dull gifts 
Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a light price. $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but they're just grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create more stones in blush pink and beautiful blue, as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off, priced so they won't have to. They really do make an outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds. Never a dull moment. And we're back. Segment number two. Welcome to Perfectville, part of the Believe Podcast Network, presented by betonline.ag. Sam Marcu, Chris Cullen, and we are joined, Chris, by a special guest. Uh, I think most people know him as NorCal Dolphin. I know him as Mark Angelo. He is the NFL Fan of the Year finalist for the Miami Dolphins here in 2021. My good friend, Mr. Mark Angelo. Mark, how are you doing, my friend? And no complaints here. Feeling good. Loving this four-game win streak. So, uh, yeah, how can we be complaining right now? It's hard to complain. I mean, when we were going on a seven-game losing streak, there was a lot to complain about. I mean, you could just basically pick a number and a name on that team, and you had a bone to pick. But, uh, no, you're right. Absolutely. Four-game win streak. I was talking to you a little bit off the air here, and I want to get Chris's take on this as well because you, you're just like the coolest guy in the world. It makes sense to me why you are the, the finalist for the Miami Dolphins fan of the year. But uh, during this four-game win streak, I think everybody that listens to this, the citizens of Perfectville know, I have not watched a live game. I've been too busy with you know, soccer championships for my daughter, birthdays for my stepdaughter, just life in general. Haven't been able to watch one live game during the four-game win streak. And this Sunday, I'm joining you to watch this game live against the New York Giants. And you said, hey, you know what? If they're losing at halftime, I'll kick you out. But you're allowing me to at least try to watch the game. Chris, before I go to Mark, what do you think? Should I should I chance it with this four-game win streak where I have not done anything in terms of watching TV? Or what do you think there, Chris? As a Dolphins fan, um, you need to leave. You can't go to the game. <laughs> As a podcast host and knowing a rabid fan base, I hope you go. And if shit goes down, oh, man, I cannot wait to see what just rabid animals tear you apart on social media because it'll be clearly all your fault. Yeah, it would be my fault. But I, you know, Mark Norco Dolphin has my back, although he did say you have till halftime. If we're losing to the Giants at halftime, I'm pretty sure Mark's going to come to my table and say, hey, man, I I think you need to leave. (laughs) I concur with Mark. He has to and you have to be bold with this one, Mark. I might get your phone number off the air and I'm going to hold you to it, dude. Like personally, if if we're losing or even like the Jets game, it's close. Sam needs a Uber home and just forget the game is on. I got a solution anyways, man. Just a quick thinker. I am a quick thinker. And while I was sitting here listening, I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to have Ramses, the owner of La Cabana, we were watching the game. I'm going to have him pause it for 30 seconds and then hit play. And we won't be watching it live, Sam. You can stay the whole game. We're only going to be 30 seconds behind. If we're losing in the fourth quarter, though, I am going to kick you out and go back live, though. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, think Technically, a- you'll be watching it from the West Coast, so you'll be uh, like – not watching it live anyway, right? Because you'll be like back in time, according well, to the East Coasters. I would, I would say that's true. But the last time I watched a game with Mark was the Colts game, and uh, that did not end <laughs> no. well. So uh, I think, I think we we, can, we should try that Juju Sam. Right? I, they, we got killed, but that Seahawks game you're at with the drop. Kenny Stills. No, no. Look, listen, Mark, there. 
I, Travis Wingfield was there. Mark was there as well. So uh, that wasn't all on me. That was quite frankly, that was on the wide receiver. Kenny stills dropping that pass. Cause I had already committed to talking shit to all of the 12th man and then turned back around and realized we were walking back to the line of scrimmage. That wasn't on me. That was clearly Kenny stills that time. I love that story that you were just turning around, like let's go arms in the air. And everybody's like, turn around, buddy. Oh, it was, I was so embarrassed. Like Mark knows this. I was with Jeremy Curry, another Miami Dolphins uh, comedian, and we were just talking shit. We're putting our fingers in everybody's faces and they're letting us do it. And then finally they go, why don't you guys turn around? And we turn around and we're walking back to the line of scrimmage. And I'm like, what do you mean? I saw the ball in the air. He was wide open. It's a touchdown. Wide, wide open. Is it, are they going back for the kickoff? Like what's happening here? No, it, apparently it's now third and 10. It was, uh, it was ridiculous there. But uh, speaking of games, Mark, I know uh, you just got back from Miami. You went there for a uh, fan weekend. You went to two games in a row. I think you went to the, what, the Texans game and the uh, Ravens, the Ravens game. So back to back, yeah, five games or what, two games in five days there. How many games total do you go to on average a, a year to Miami? Because you live here in Northern California with me, but you go back east every single year. How many games do you actually get to on, a, on any given year on average? Well, let's take 2020 out of the loop because that was a crappy year. But normally I go out to Miami twice. And if they're playing a back-to-back or one of those times, I'll see two or three games a year out in Miami. And then depending where they're playing – you know, we'll go see him on the road, too. You know, last year totally sucked because we were going to go to Miami two or three times, and they played four games out west, San Francisco, Vegas, uh, Denver, and I can't remember or San, I can't remember the other one. But anyway, we were going to go to all of them. You know, it would have been awesome. And then the draft, of course, got, got screwed. So, uh, yeah, so to answer your question, I go to two or three a year out in Miami and then another two to three on the road, depending on where they're at. Yeah, so I mean, Mark, you talk about I, being being a doll fan. I mean, this guy Chris is traveling from the West Coast all the way to the East Coast multiple times a year. Crazy. He's organizing parties. He's he's the reason I got on the field and then got thrown off the field when I was harassing Cody Parkey <laughs> on the Chicago Bears. I mean, they told me get on there and just stay here. And when the players come on the field, you got to get off the field. And I not only stayed on the field, I walked up to Cody Parkey with my phone and started talking to him. And the next thing you see on my phone video is sky ground, sky ground because security <laughs> grabbed me and threw me right off right off the field there. And said, "Go to your seats." I'm like, "All right, fair enough." I can't believe Cody Parkey had so much pull to get kicked off like that. <laughs> well, you know, Cody Parkey is once a Dolphin, always a Dolphin. I mean, he grew up a Miami Dolphins fan. He kicked well for us, and then he went to the Bears, and he missed, I believe, two kicks in that game that allowed us to actually come back and win. With, uh, uh, geez, I think Brock Osweiler was our quarterback in that game. So there you go. Remember, I think if I remember correctly, you got pulled off wide right, right? Yeah, exactly right. I just I showed him where to, the ball is supposed to go. So I was just coming off to the wide right there. Uh, but it was a fun time. We're talking to NorCal Dolphin, NFL Fan of the Year finalist for the Miami Dolphins. And uh, Mark, I know right now you're in between colors for your beard. We were talking about the beard. Uh, it becomes this vibrant orange color, you know, on game day. And normally when you come back from your annual Miami trip, like you were talking about, you you shave it off. And uh, as you were saying, your wife doesn't really like the beard, whether it's dyed or not, but you are getting ready to re-dye your beard, that vibrant orange for this weekend. Uh, Talk us through that process, man. I mean, the grooming of that beard. First of all, it's a glorious beard. And second of all, what goes into re-dyeing this thing? I mean, how many hours do you have to spend to get ready for game day? Well, I do it. I'm going to go do this on Saturday, but I just sit down in a chair and shut up. And it (laughs) takes about an hour, hour and a half. And I, I wake up and I look way different. So, um, yeah, man, my, my hair girl, Lori, you know, that's one of Rusty's friends and my, my friends. 
she just does hair. She's a hair genius. So uh, I just sit down, let her do her thing. I show her a couple of colors and she makes them happen. All right. So I want to camp on this beard here for a little bit. I, I think there's a little bit of controversy brewing. You guys are playing nice, Mr. Chris Cullen and Mark Angelo here. But Chris has a long standing disdain for a certain type of fan. And those fans, whether they're Miami Doll fans or other franchises, are the ones that dress up like superheroes, are the ones that put on the gorilla masks, those types of fans. That's the type of fan that Chris just does not like. And I think. I think here for a little bit, Mark, you are sort of in that group. You hang out with Finn Sticky. You hang out with Gorilla Luke. You hang out with all those people. You end up on the front page of the newspaper holding the flag with your, you know, with your, with your beard the way it is. I, I need to hear it right now here, Chris. Where does Mark classify on your list of disdain when it comes to certain types of fans? I need to hear it. Mark needs to hear it. Let's just hash it out right now with the NFL fan of the year. For me, it is on. he's on the fence. So I, I don't mind it. The, the beard guy is, is all right. If he went a step further and painted his face, like you're not a pro wrestler, you're going, you're paying money to watch him play football. This isn't about you. This isn't Halloween. You just go put on a jersey at most and watch the game. Dying the dying a beard, no big deal. Um, but not backing down. That is, I, I just don't. It, it's like it reminds me of the people that stand in front of like the Chinese theater and uh, out in California, you know, in Hollywood. It's like. Uh, you know the horrible Elmo costumes and stuff. Like we're, it's 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 you just cheer cheer the guys on. That's it. He's on the fence. <laughs> Mark, what's your rebuttal to this uh, ridiculous argument from Chris Cullen? Dude, I'll tell you what. My rebuttal to that is I'm, I'm painting my face. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not painting my face. I, I, I don't. I don't want to be. I don't want to be on the fence. I'm all in, man. I don't want to be on the fence. I'm gonna go all in and paint my face. Next time I go to Miami, there you go. Let me, We're gonna... you, let me since I, I have you, Mark, and you know these people. It's it's ninety eight degrees. These grown men are waking up and they're like, you know what I'm gonna do today? I'm gonna wear a four hundred pound fucking gorilla costume. <laughs> they go sit in the aqua seats and cheer on guys. I have no idea who I am. I just don't like. What, tell me the mindset behind it. Are, are, is it about them, or do they want to be a part of the show, or do they think it actually helps more? Like. By wearing Hulk hands and a weird like skunk wig, like I just don't. Where's the mindset at? Man, you know, I don't even know how to answer that, Chris. Because uh, my mindset is I'm just a fan. I just like to get a little crazy, and I guess that the guys who dress up, they just I don't know if they just want to be a little crazier than the next guy, or or if they just want to be a little something different on game day. You know, I mean, these guys who play football, you know, they don't go around just tackling people all week either you know what i mean so they're they're a little bit different on game day too so i think the real not real fans the real crazy fans i mean my beard's like this every day but most crazy fans they're not going to work in their gorilla costume and all that stuff so no i love the fandom i, I love it and i love the passion and you know when someone does that and they're willing to lose 20 pounds in less than three hours and sweat it out for for three hours and Dude, much respect to that. Gorilla Luke, dude, shout out to you, man. I'm telling you, I'll never forget the visual of Gorilla Luke after that Bears game, sitting on that planter box with the mask off, finally took it off after he wore that shit the entire game. And he was, it was like he was swimming. It was like an indoor sauna, man. Uh, like you said, it, 10 to 20 pounds worth of uh, water weight just gone. And you know what? I think 
You know what I think? I think uh, Chris would have a healthy respect for Gorilla Luke if Gorilla Luke did wear the Gorilla out costume to his day job. I think I want to see that. That's the next step. Just walk around in that Gorilla suit at all times. But before we talk about that, I do want to point out the other side, another type of fandom. First of all, we have a weekly podcast about the Miami Dolphins. We spend a lot of time spending you know, our hard-earned uh, you know, time with the young kids putting them off to the side so we can do this podcast and bring this show to the fans. So that's another type of fandom. But just so that Mark knows, Chris, what is the name of your of your son, your little prince over there? What is the full name of Christopher Cullen's son? Just so Mark understands that, you know, there's different types of fandom out there that could also be considered crazy. Yeah, uh, this is crazy every time I tell somebody. But um, I actually met a Jet fan last night at a birthday party. and I totally shit all over the guy. And he was like real New Yorker, lived in Miami Lakes and he like literally told me he turned down a job to go to Don Shula's office to recarpet it because he didn't want to see the Dolphins memorabilia up. And that's how crazy this asshole was. But I was very proud to tell him my son, uh, my own, one and only son, his name is Zachary Thomas Cullen. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I played middle linebacker my whole life. Um, he is literally my hero and uh, my favorite player. So, and, and, and how, it went how well. Old is that? To go. How he's, old is th- that? he's 13. He, he's a kick-ass running back, too, man. He had uh, 16 touchdowns in nine games his eighth grade year. So he's, he's doing awesome stuff. Look, here, here's another awesome thing I think Zach's going to do because he's right at that age where we love to rebel against our parents. I'm going to say here within two years, some, my overrunner on for Zach is within two years, he's going to paint his face and go to a Dolphin game. Not if Chris has anything to do with it. <laughs> No, no he's going to rebel, man. He's going to rebel, Chris. So be, be careful, man. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I mean, that would be the ultimate karma, I guess. <laughs> My no, son, no, Zach ul- Thomas, dressing up going to Dolphins game. Yeah, that, that, he, we, I do have a picture of him wearing a uh, panther tail out of his shorts when he was a uh, wee little three years old and like Cam Newton. But he, he has since come to his senses and he's a full-time, full Miami Dolphins fan. So that's good. Uh-huh. Good parenting. Good parenting. Yeah, Chris is, Chris is an amazing dad. And uh, Mark, I, I, uh, I know you as an amazing father as well. In fact, Chris, I don't know if you know this, but one of the most memorable stand-up gigs. And you know what, Mark? You could help me out with this. Uh, your memory might be slightly better than mine. Maybe not. I don't know. But uh, yeah, yeah. Well, we know each other, right? So the chances are we're, we're tied for last in that category. But uh, I, I did a comedy show one time at Mark's property with a, with a Miami Dolphins campsite. So with another comedian named Pete Munoz, we're both Miami Dolphins fans, and we actually did comedy in the rain with the PA system for Mark and a bunch of his Miami Dolphins fans during a camp. I mean, they brought their camp chairs up. We had a whole little stadium arena thing going on here. It still stands as top five, like craziest places I've done comedy in my life, Mark. Uh, It was absolutely insane. But where you can help me is I don't remember how you and I met. I honestly cannot remember the day that you and I met for the first time. And I'm wondering if you remember, because I just, all of a sudden, somebody's like, how did you meet this guy? And I'm like, I don't know. We just kind of knew each other. I don't, I don't know how we, how we met. Yeah. Well, I can pretty much guarantee you if we're going to go for a memory contest, I'm going to come in last. Uh, you know what? It's all that face paint. <laughs> I, I, I honestly think the first time we met might've been down in San Jose. I, Rusty and I drove down there to see Pete. He was uh, hosting a comedy thing, and we drove down there, and I think you guys were both on stage that night. So that might have been the first time I met you down in San Jose or Newark or somewhere down there. Yeah, it's probably – it doesn't really matter. It's neither here nor there. I was just curious because I just can't remember uh, myself. And uh, one last thing I have, and then uh, I want to hear all the things that you're working on here as the fan of the year and just you know being the guy that you are. But um, 
Chris, Mark is is not a salesman by by trade, but he is a born natural born salesman. So Mark is obviously a Miami Dolphins fan. His wife, Rusty, is a huge or was a huge Packers fan. Mark has since converted her to a full-blown Miami Dolphin. And you know how impressive that is, considering the Packers have been good for a very long time and the Dolphins have struggled year over year for the like the last 20 years. For him to convert Rusty over to being a full-fledged Miami Dolphin, I mean, this guy's got to get a sales job somewhere, right? Yeah, what the hell are you doing to this poor lady? Like, why would you even want to do that? No, I'm kidding. That's yeah. You get you get if you're gonna to be together, you gotta to suffer together. It sounds like you guys travel all the all the, all together and stuff and do great things. And you're obviously a great fan to be even selected for this. But just talking to you the brief time I have and hearing Sam talk about you as well, the things you host and things you do, it's got recognized by someone. So um, yeah, bring her over, bring her on board. And I, this is what I tell everybody, Mark. It's gonna be worth it. It's gonna be worth it. Rooting through these bad, tough seasons. When we finally, everybody's like, man, you wear a Dolphins hat even when you're losing? Yeah, I do, even when we're losing. So when that finally comes and we get this thing turned around, we can say, here it is. Told you so. Been a fan all along. It's going to be worth it. Absolutely, man. That's, and that's what uh, – so to touch on what Sam's saying, I, I feel like my main goal since 2008 was to try and bring, you know, Dolphin fans together, whether it's for a watch party or going to a game or – just some kind of a, a Dolphins uh, focused event and bringing those people together, no matter where they're from. And it turned out from trying to start NorCal Dolphin Club into, you know, working with Scott Howell out in Atlanta. And we created this thing called Worldwide Dolphin Clubs and working with the Dolphins on this project called Fan Club Weekend since 2014, where we get to meet all the fan clubs from around the world. And, um, and I get to work with the fan club presidents and leaders of those fan clubs. And it's just been amazing. You know, we truly do have an amazing group of fans, which is what impresses me the most about me getting selected as fan of the year. I'm like, gosh, I've met so many amazing fans that they're not just fans of the team. They're fans of the fans and they're fans of doing good things in their community and the community of football. And it's just been a really good time. So 2007, I was just a diehard Dolphin fan. I only cared about watching Dolphins football and this, that, and the other. And it's just, it's just gone into a different direction and a lot of good directions. So got to meet a lot of great people, Sam included. Go to Seattle with them and just go to different cities. And I'm looking forward to going to Mexico and England to eventually see a game out there because those guys are some of the most passionate fans in the world, man. Those those guys in Mexico, they were at fan club weekend last year and the entire stadium could hear those guys chant. And then after they chanted, the Miami Dolphins started playing their chant through the loudspeakers. So obviously the Dolphins heard those guys. So shout out to Mexico. Those guys are amazing. You know, England's just as amazing. They didn't get to go this year. So just fans all over the world, Chris, that are amazing. And, and the, some of them might get you to change your, uh, change your theory on the face pain thing i'll tell you what I'll, I'll throw it out there for chris on behalf of chris the miami dolphins win the super bowl the entire next season after that chris will paint his face every single game win lose come hell or high water we get the lombardi trophy chris is painting his face i'll do the same exact thing i'll paint i'll paint my ass cheeks if we win the super bowl sam every single game you, you got it that bet on let's go 
All right. Well, we're just wrapping up with the NFL fan of the year for the Miami Dolphins, NorCal Dolphin, uh, Mark Angelo. Mark, uh, tell us what you're working on before we leave here. And then I need a game prediction against the Giants this weekend on Sunday morning for here, uh, all of us here on the West Coast. So tell us what you're working on between now and I know you're going to the Super Bowl as part of this uh, award that you got. And um, and, and just give us uh, give us what's going to happen this Sunday against uh, Saquon Barkley and the uh, New York Giants. Well, I think the biggest thing I'm working on is the Miami Dolphins challenge cancer. And that's honestly, it's the biggest cha- uh, charity in the NFL and it's put on by the Miami Dolphins. And a hundred percent of the money raised for that goes to cancer research, uh, University of Miami. And uh, that's the biggest thing I've got going on. Last year, we raised $15,000 from fans around the world, just believing in that, you know, that mission. So uh, that's going to be the biggest thing we're working on from now until February 26th. And then I'm flying out to Miami to ride in that DCC challenge. So that's the biggest thing. So if people want to support the DCC, I'll, I'll have a link up on my Facebook and they can find it there. And I'm riding for Team Positive Porpoise. So uh, I've already met my goal. So it would make me happier to actually see somebody donate to another rider who hasn't met their goal yet on Team Positive Porpoise. Uh, so that's the biggest thing we're working on, man. And, uh, as far as the dolphins go to this, going to be ugly this week. I'm picking 44, 13 Miami. Look at that. Uh, Looking for a 30 burger point differential between the Miami dolphins and the New York giants. Look, I have no issue with the New York giants. The New York giants helped us out twice in the super bowl against the Patriots. So, you know, I just want to win the game. We could win by one point, but I'll take a 31 point beat down like that. Absolutely. Uh, Mark, uh, thank you very much for joining us here. Welcome to Perfect Bell, Mark Angelo, a.k.a. NorCal Doll fan, lover of all things fandom. Doesn't matter if you paint your face, wear a gorilla outfit, name your kids, do a podcast. This guy's supporting everybody out there, so go support him. We want to see you get to the finals. We want to see you be the NFL fan of the year. That's what we're looking for. That's what we're betting on. That's who I'm rooting for. I know there's some other people out there that uh, may get some votes based on their aesthetics, but you know what? Nobody looks better than a man. And I'm Dolphins at, in my opinion. So, Mark, thank you very much for joining us. And we'll be back right after these words. Unless you've been living under a rock and you don't own a calendar or a smartphone or any sort of Internet device, you know that the holidays are right around the corner, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, by the time you're listening to this commercial right now, the holidays are officially here, at least for all the shopping purposes. Because you need to get there online right now and order all your Miami Dolphins swag for those beautiful Miami Dolphins fans in your lives in order to get it here by the holidays. So start now. Make that list. Check it twice. And head to welcometoperfectbill.com. Click on the Amazon banner and do all of your shopping at Amazon.com. No hidden fees. No extra charges. Just regular old Amazon.com by way of welcometoperfectbill.com. But because you did that tiny, teeny little extra step by going to our website first, welcometoperfectbill.com, Every purchase you make, a few shillings go back in the welcometoperfectville.com pocket. That's right. All the gifts you buy your loved ones, you give us the gift of keeping the website open. So the next time you need to go to amazon.com for anything, including Miami Dolphins swag and paraphernalia, head to welcometoperfectville.com first and click on the banner. You'll be glad you did. Well, I mean, at least you won't be unglad you did. Thank you guys for having me. And we're back. Segment number three. Welcome to Perfectville, part of the Believe Podcast Network, presented by betonline.ag. And Chris, I tried to tell you, I told you on air in previous episodes, I told you via text, I told you off air. Mark Angelo, 
What a cool guy. I know he's not the exact type of fan that you want to see on the calendar, <laughs> but uh, the guy loves everything and all things Miami Dolphins. He's out there helping other people. Um, just a class act. I'm uh, proud to call that guy a friend of mine. Yeah, it was uh, one of those things where you kind of, I was, I was ready to go to war with this guy over that uh, whole opinion about dressing up. And he instead was like, hey, man, I'm going to change your mind on this because I love fans, all fans, even you. And I'm like, dude, you're like Santa Claus. Like, you're so, and nothing to do with the beard. He's just like, he was just so nice. He killed me with kindness. And uh, yeah, like I said, he's on the fence. He doesn't like, I, I did want to ask him. I did want to ask him, like, especially after he talked about the gorilla guy, like, you know, he reminds me of Booster from Jingle All the Way with his head off smoking a cigarette. Like, uh, <laughs> what a reference. <laughs> Booster played by Booger from Nerds. Booger from the Revenge of the Nerds. Um, yeah, so that, uh, I wanted to ask him, uh, because I always said this when I see the people that are painting, especially like the Florida State Seminole guys that, like, have that all, like, glittery paint from head to toe, even their eyelids, like, how sad is that watching that paint go down the drain after a loss? <laughs> like it has to be like, I just turn off my TV and I'm, I'm pissed and I have a beard. Like you got to go shower and watch aqua and orange paint go down the drain as you're in you know, for like an hour. Cause you have to paint, wash it off. Just reminding you constantly of the loss. Like it just has to be really bad. Years and years and years ago, I was, uh, I was actually a movie. I was in a movie. It was a zombie movie, very, very small independent flick. It was like, you know, not worth even really mentioning until now, but it got into a film festival at the University of Washington and it was being played on a Sunday evening, right? And then they would have a panel of people that helped make the movie or that were in the movie, one of these film festivals. And uh, so I was asked to go and represent the movie along with the director and some other folks. And I said, sure. So we get there, we park the car and we're walking on the campus of University of Washington. And uh, the game was between, I think, I want to say it was Notre Dame and Washington. And Notre Dame was a powerhouse at that time. And I think absolutely smoked the freaking Washington Huskies like 45 to three. And the game was over. And I was walking, we were walking towards the stadium because the film festival was being held, you know, like the arts campus of, of uh, University of Washington. And literally thousands of people dressed in purple and white walking out of the stadium, just looking like they got punched in the nose, looking like zombies themselves, honestly, just kind of like, what the fuck just happened? We just got our asses handed to us. And it was the most bizarre feeling ever to be walking basically upstream, Chris, with all these people leaving and they all just looked miserable. They all had their faces painted. They all looked absolutely ridiculous. And it's like, I spent all this time and energy to paint my face only to see my team lose 45 to three. And exactly. uh, yeah, that's it, my it, whole point. Like I can just picture them crying, looking in the mirror as they're like wiping their face. Like, <laughs> oh my God. Like, you just like added way more pain to your misery. It just doesn't make any sense. Uh, it does. But you know what? Uh, I also appreciate Mark, you saying that uh, you didn't like the people that actually paint their faces and his rebuttal was, well, then I'm going to paint my face. I don't want to be on the fence. I'm fantastic. all the way in. Uh, maybe I almost my spit my, uh, my soda out. I was drinking. Uh, so it was right around lunchtime <laughs> when, we, when we were recording that. Yeah. And he goes, Oh, well you're like, what's your rebuttal there, Mark? And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to paint my fucking face. Shit. <laughs> all right. Well, good for you, dude. Yeah, he's going to you. I'm like, all right, that's kind of cool. Well, uh, let's all root for NorCal Dolphin. Uh, he's the finalist for the Miami Dolphins this year. I'm hoping he gets to the finals and actually wins it. I know uh, Ian, Big E, got all the way to the finals last year. So it's a little bit of a tough sled for two Miami Dolphins fans in a row to get to the finals, but I hope he gets it. Um, and I hope the Miami Dolphins get their fifth win here, Chris, because uh, let's just shift gears. We heard what Mark said. He has big plans for the Miami Dolphins against the New York Giants. Uh, this Sunday, uh, let's just talk about it here. From what I'm seeing, the Miami Dolphins may be up against a backup quarterback. 
as Daniel Jones, who's a top 50 rusher in the league, um, which is kind of crazy to me, uh, may not be playing this weekend, which means the Miami Dolphins will be up against Saquon Barkley. Who the fuck knows who suits up to be a wide receiver for the Giants this weekend? And uh, God, a farmer is going to be their quarterback. Like, I don't know who the Giants even have behind Daniel Jones. I think it's Mike Lennon, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, this defense against Mike Lennon and Saquon Barkley, I think I put my money on this defense. And with the way the offense is clicking between Jalen Waddell and Tua Tungabailoa, I don't know that I'm scared of this Giants defense either. No, after what we did to the Panthers defense and then the Ravens as well on national stage, this is uh, where we, we, we come back to, Sam, what we talked about um, for the last few weeks during this win streak is that things are not happening like they normally do for us. Normally, we lose to the Ravens and Tyrod Taylor. Normally, we lose on national TV. Normally, we um, you know lose to the Jets when they're terrible and Joe Flacco plays. Normally, we lose to Mike Glennon, who comes in for Daniel Jones, when his neck looks like a Pez dispenser, a real human life Pez dispenser. It, this isn't that year, Sam. Like, we're, we got another home game. They're coming down from New York, from New Jersey. And now I did watch an NFL uh, network today, and it's like actually still a chance that Daniel Jones plays. I would say that worries me because of his running ability, but we've done all right with Tarad, with uh, Lamar, and with Cam. So Daniel Jones from Duke isn't really giving me nightmares when we got Jalen Phillips and Manuel Agba and Christian Wilkins, Raekwon Davis, and random white 92, Zach Sealer getting more playing time up the middle. Sam, I'm with Mark here. I don't know if it's going to be a blowout per se, but maybe we're really riding high right now and that was a big momentum swing beating Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. That's one of those things that, yeah, you beat the Jets. Yeah, you beat the Texans. But, wait, man, we, we on a short week beat. Lamar Jackson, a healthy Lamar Jackson, and um, on national TV like that, that's one of those things that gives the confidence to the young guys, gets guys going, and it's like, hey, look, if we can beat him and them, we can beat anybody. And I'm definitely def- – I don't want GC here, I'm really not worried about the Giants. Like, I just – I'm not. They're not that good. They're, they're not, and that's why I think we'll probably struggle into the third quarter because we're going to be like, wait a minute. <laughs> and then you're leaving only- that bar yeah, that you're watching the game at. Yeah, exactly. If we're uh, if we're not up at least like 17, 14 at halftime, I'm pretty sure Mark's going to make me leave and go somewhere else. But uh, yeah, you know, look, I think we'll start to pull away in the third and fourth quarter here. I mean, it's just stupid what Tua Tagovailoa has done the last two weeks. I think he's over 80% completion percentage. He's accounted for a ton of touchdowns on the ground and through the air. Uh, I think, again, first and fourth quarters is Tua Tagovailoa's time. I think this game is probably going to be closer than maybe we're expecting at the, at the beginning. And just because it's going to be a low scoring, I don't think it means that we're not going to be, you know, uh, controlling the clock or anything like that. It just means that we're not going to score a bunch and pro- until probably the fourth quarter. It seems like that starts to click for us again. Uh, I have us winning this one 27 to 10. I think we get two late scores. You know, it's, it's probably something like 17 to 10 at half or, you know, maybe even 13 to 10, something like that at the half. But I think we pull away in the second half. I think Miles Gaskin and Philip Lindsay pair well together. I think they're going to do well. I don't know if either one gets 100 yards, but I think combined, you're probably looking at 125 total scrimmage yards for those two. Jalen Waddle is going to be really difficult to stop for the New York Giants. I think Mike Kosicki needs to show up. He hasn't really been, you know, a factor the last couple of weeks in terms of the production. Uh, I know he's been targeted. I know that uh, he's on the field and they have to account for him. I think as people start to realize how good Jalen Waddle is and they start to fade coverage more to his side or to where he is, I think we have some matchup possibilities with somebody like Mike Gesicki uh, who can possibly go off against a team like the New York Giants. And I think we get that much closer rolling into the bye week, Chris, at six and seven. I see us winning 27 to 10. 
Yeah, I, I concur uh, that we need to get Gasicki going. I definitely think he's been doubled, and they've been taking him away, leaving the room open for Jalen Waddle. Uh, a, a big thing that really throws a wrench into the Giants' game plan here is uh, our good buddy and your best friend, Devontae Parker, might be back. He practiced f- fully this week with no limp, you know, no uh, red jersey or anything like that. Will Fuller obviously uh, is the caretaker from Scary Movie 2 because his hand obviously exploded um, from that broken, fractured finger. I, I want to stop right there. I know we're talking about the Giants game, but I gave Will Fuller a lot of shit last week about his finger. I had no idea until after that episode dropped that apparently he shattered his finger into like a million different little tiny pieces of bone. And I'm like, that sounds pretty painful. And maybe I should apologize to Will Fuller because I thought it maybe just had like a little hairline fracture. No, apparently, I mean, this finger just about flew off his hand, man. I, I had no idea it was that bad. So that's breaking news to me. I didn't know that. I, I oh, yeah. was like literally making fun of that. He had a little fracture. Wow. How does a finger explode, Sam? I don't know, but apparently he just fell uh, on the ground too. It's he not fell like on the ground, but I mean, that's the bigger concern is how can you get that injured? You know, are you that fragile? But according to what I'm hearing his, he had multiple breaks of that finger. I mean, it's one finger and he had multiple breaks to the point where like, it, according to some people, it's, it's really alarming how, how bad it actually broke. So whatever he did, however he landed, whatever angle, you know, the sun was hitting it at the right time. I don't know, but apparently it's just, you know, it, it, it broke like Mr. Glass there in, uh, in one of the M night Shyamalan movies. So, uh, you know, that sounds painful and I don't wish that on anybody. So sorry, Will Fuller, but also, I mean, how does that happen? I agree with you. Well, apologies from Sam to Will Fuller. Uh, you can go back now to shit talking Devontae Parker, uh, but yeah, that, I'm just going to stick to Jakeem Grant. Yeah, which I've not heard his name once since he's gone to Chicago, so that's fun. Um, yeah, so Parker now adds another element to the D, you know Matt Collins is doing all right and Wilson's doing okay, other than putting his fucking foot in the ground and getting a first down. Holy shit, Albert Wilson, please get the first down and stop trying to outrun people like you're in Pee Wee. Uh, but yeah, if we got Parker Gasecki, Philip Lindsay, Jalen Waddle. To his efficiency, uh, this is another home game, Sam. Uh, Giants are coming off of a weird battle of a very low-scoring rivalry division game against the Eagles. Um, I, I think we take this handedly. And, and I think it's one of those that score is going to be closer than it was, like where like we were never in any immediate damage. So I'll go ahead and say uh, uh, 24, to, 24 to 13. 24 to 13, but, but we just completely hold them, bend them, break and, and own them. Yeah. Maybe a late score there, a little, you know, touchdown or, or something along right. those lines from the giants just to make it look closer than it is. But even in that scenario, it's an 11.2 score victory for the Miami dolphins. You have it for the Miami dolphins. I have it for the Miami dolphins. NorCal dolphin has it for the Miami dolphins. It looks promising Chris that heading into the bye week the Miami dolphins will be one win short of 500, which Five weeks ago, looked like an absolute impossibility. So kudos to the Miami Dolphins, players, coaches, fans, front office, and of course, the two-time Hall of Famer himself, Chris Cullen, as well as myself. Uh, Chris, anything else you want to say before we get out of here? That's it, my friend. Hope you, had a, hope you and everybody had a great Thanksgiving. Yep. I, uh, I don't care if you had a good Thanksgiving or not, but uh, if you did, then good on you. And uh, on behalf of the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer, the entire Believe Podcast Network presented by betonline.ag, the only thing left to say, Chris, is goodbye from Perfect Bill. Later.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.